Did you know this podcast is powered by Acast? Acast is the home of podcasting. For creators looking for freedom to grow their listeners and make money too. And creative brands looking for smart ways to advertise. Podcasters and advertisers in the know know Acast. It's time you did too. Visit Acast.com to find out more. Acast. For the stories. You're listening to Fox Given, the one with Dr. Christopher Jones. Hello, curious fuckers. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And together, we're Come Curious. When we're not just fucking around on YouTube and Instagram. Every Thursday, we invite a new guest onto Fucks Given to talk about their best fucks, worst fucks. And the fucks that made them. We also answer your sex questions and read out your sex stories. So stay tuned as we divulge all the delicious details. have a doctor on the podcast doctor in the house flash. <laughs> Woo, it's like now we're like real people because we actually have someone who knows their shit on the podcast well it's so good to be with y'all appreciate y'all inviting me yeah thank you for being here thanks for joining us how have you been what's been going on in your life <laughs> been very busy. Life has been, uh, you know, Corona 2020 has been a unique year. Oh, yeah. Right. And yeah. so I'm very fortunate to, uh, I know some people have had a really, really rough year and they've, I've heard people complain about how they have nothing to do. They don't know what mm. to do. I've had the opposite. I don't have enough hours in the day. Yes, we know those feelings. How has it been over in Germany or you're, you're recording from Germany right now, which is really yeah. cool. It's it's so far things have been good. Germany has done very good at handling Corona. I'm a little worried about when the people start coming back from vacation now that they've opened up the borders. So a little worried mm-hmm. about that. But other than that, yeah. it has, we've been safe. So the reason that you've been so busy is because you are a therapist, you're a sex therapist, and people have had a lot of issues this year. Yeah, Corona has really amplified uh, people's sexual problems, mainly because they've had trouble developing relationships due to the social distancing or mm. you know, they've had trouble expressing themselves and their sexuality, even if they're in a relationship and living with their partner because of the anxiety and the depression and just the fear that they're facing because of the uncertainty. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know Florence pretty much covered who you are, but... Um... Please tell our curious fuckers a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Sure. So I'm a clinical psychologist and sex therapist. I'm also a researcher and I host a podcast called Sex Therapy that they can find anywhere. Um, I'm an expert in human sexuality. I've done one of the top studies on the correlation between gender identity and religion. I'm also the lead researcher on the menstruation initiative. Do y'all know what this is? No. This is the first global study to correlate the impact of masturbation on menstrual pain (gasps) it's being sponsored by the wonderful people at womanizer and lynette and so we are doing that study currently and so i'm very excited that's so cool oh my god bravo amazing fingers crossed we can figure out if like you know pain and menstruation has anything to do with masturbation that's really cool or vice versa yeah (laughs) i was gonna say the opposite yeah the opposite way around (laughs) yeah thousands of people who are participating in this well i will say this Close to 20,000 people applied to be in the study. 
and we select I was gonna say. them. So we're, great study. Can we join too? But I mean, just you don't have to take our results. We'll just join along as well. <laughs> yeah, you're more than welcome to masturbate during your period and let me know how that's going for you. I think because if y'all had done this in advance, the folks at Womanizer were sending out free sex toys. And so everybody got a free sex toy who's participating and they got free menstrual cups. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, we're actually kind of up to the eyeballs in womanizer and menstrual cups at the moment. Um, (laughs) But we can still masturbate a hell of a lot. um, Enjoy the process. Join the cause. We'd love that. So shall we get into the juicy details? Fuck number one. The last fuck. Myself. Yes! So many people, unfortunately, when they think about masturbation, they do not ever put it on the equal level of pleasure as sex with a partner. Yes. And this is so unfortunate because, you know, masturbation, and I hear it all the time, oh, you know, if somebody's single and lonely. Well, I know I have clients who are married and lonely. Yeah. And masturbation has nothing to do with your relationship status. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful way to explore your body. Explore the pleasure that your body can give to yourself, which improves your body image and your self-confidence. And it's a great way to explore what you like and dislike so that later you can share that with a partner so that you can have better sex. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel like that needs to be written in stone. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was so well said. Well, we've all, we've always said that um, like masturbation is the key to getting to know your own body and your own pleasure and ultimately have good sex. Yeah. yeah, it's so pivotal and so important. And, you know, I would encourage any of your listeners if, cause there's still so many people and it surprised me. I work at a university and there's mm-hmm. still so many students, university students who get shy or bashful when you talk about masturbation. And it's really shocking to me because, and I tell all of them, I said, you have to explore your own self, your own sexuality. How will you ever know yourself and mm-hmm. be your true authentic self without exploring your sexuality? Because it's such an important and pivotal part of not only our yeah. development, our day-to-day lives. Yeah. I mean, people also like, I've, I've heard in the past that there are some people that don't masturbate because they just want all their pleasure to sort of be fulfilled through a partner. That's and I feel like terrifying. that's such a damaging thing to do because it puts one it puts so much pressure on your partner and two how are you supposed to let your partner know what you like if you don't even try it yourself first I had a a person tell me not too long ago that um, they did not want to use a sex toy because they don't need that you know their husband and they're not married but they said when they get married their husband will have everything that they need Uh, what Not only is there so much pressure to put on your future husband, but it's robbing yourself of really understanding yourself and your body. And you are delaying the possible pleasure that you could receive until you're married. And I know that some people for religious views, you know, they wait till they're married to have sex. Mm -hmm. But it really, you know, we're talking about masturbation, right? And, And you're really you're denying yourself that possible level of pleasure. And what if you never get married? Well, also it's a human, it's a human urge. Like it's a human behavior. Like it would be really hard to to deny yourself that. Like, I don't think I could have gotten through life to being the ripe old age of 29 without 
masturbating because I would have I mean I, it was just a curious thing that happened when I was a teenager it's like really I just like you don't even know what you're doing. You're just like, mm, this feels good. And then when you realize it's masturbation, you're like, well, I'm going to keep doing that because that feels great. Um, it's it's terrifying putting this idea of another person on a pedestal for your pleasure because what if that person isn't in your life, then that's like a part of you missing when mm. it, it doesn't have to be like that. Yes, it's like, fair enough. Um, you might have different pleasure and different kinds of pleasure, but it doesn't mean to say you're not going to have like worthy or equivalent pleasure. Mm. Yeah, and you know... Um... We know through research that that idea of pleasure, we have we have images of fetuses masturbating, and and it's it's a common throughout our life that that sense of pleasure, and it is connected with our genitals. Now, obviously, in those early developmental stages, it's not sexualized, mm-hmm. right? But there is still pleasure associated with it, and you know, I, like again, I work with a lot of religious clients as well mm-hmm. in sex therapy. And I know some of them, you know, they they say, you know, they, they wait till they're married to have sex and that's fine. But what what is troubling to me is when they are so negative about sex education and about mm. things masturbation, because I can tell you to your point about, you know, you couldn't make it to 29 without masturbating. They often argue condoms break. Well, abstinent vows break a lot more than condoms break. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. And yeah. giving people these tools and these understandings, we are really robbing them and putting them in really risky situations. Yeah, that's so true. People just need to be talking about, and sex education needs to be there. Otherwise, yeah, you do end up in dangerous situations because you wouldn't have been taught about your body. You wouldn't been taught about like consent. And sadly, most places, sex education is all about either abstinence mm. or. The, the negative impact that sex could have, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you could get an STI, you can get, there are not really any curriculums out there that are teaching people about pleasure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is a major aspect because this is what people are after, right? Yeah. And so they don't teach pleasure. They don't teach much about sexuality or sexual orientation. And this is really robbing people of knowing themselves and being prepared when they're in a situation. Yeah. Because when you, when I'm telling you, when you're turned on, and research shows when a person is turned on, it's like, sort of like when you're under the influence of drugs and alcohol. You know, your your cognitive abilities are not functioning. These are not the times you need to be making the decision. Is when you're as horny as you've ever been, <laughs> you're not going to make the right decision. Yeah, so absolutely. true. What's so the true. um? What's the sex education like in Germany at the moment? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible everywhere. Listen, here in, in, and I don't know how it is in the UK, mm-hmm. but I know that in the US, a lot of universities offer sexual health and wellness uh, programs in at the university level. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. Here, there is nothing. Yeah. And so, and it's terrible because, uh, you know, at university, this is the time when most people leave home for the first time yeah. and they're they're kind of exploring themselves for the first time and you, they don't have the resources that they need. Yeah, that's mad. Yeah. I mean, I, I only I only remember all the bad stuff at, at sex sex ed. We're hoping that it's changed, but you know, we haven't been in sex education for like over ten years, really. Not like when it's needed, when you're sort of at that prime age of what fifteen, mm. sixteen, seventeen. Um, I, we really hope that it has changed, but it's still legal in this country to refuse your child to have sex to to get sex sex yeah. education there are still sh- schools out there that refuse to teach it so it's yeah. it's really terrifying but like how, how do we change something like that on a wide scale you know what 
it's just trying to trying to change the laws. I know that research indicates in the U.S. at least that very conservative states who refuse uh, to allow their you know parents can refuse to allow their students to or their children to participate in sex education. These are the same states that have the highest level of unwed teen pregnancy. Wow. And what research indicates is they're learning everything they know about sex from pornography. And um, to make it very clear, pornography is good sex entertainment. It's not good sex education. Yes, yes. thank you. Yeah. And we need to, we really need to differentiate that and offer valuable alternatives. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I did want to go back to masturbation during lockdown um, because I feel like this might be like the case for a lot of people that they get bored of mm. self-pleasure, so, like solo sex during a time when they might not be allowed to go and actually have sex. So like, how are people supposed to not like to keep up the kind of like enthusiasm, I guess, for self-pleasure and solo sex? Sex toys. Well, I am an advocator of sex toys. There are so many wonderful toys out there, especially for vulva owners, right? Yeah, especially are- for vulva owners. There's not so enough many. out there for penis owners. No, unfortunately, there's not. I know that there are some that are coming up in the next few months, uh, and there are there are a few good companies. But you're right there. There is a lot of great stuff, and I really think that this time. You know, a lot of people are thinking 2020, they don't get to be on Tinder or Grindr or whatever (laughs) whatever they like to use is to find someone. But this is the perfect time where they can really discover themselves. And sex is a great way to do that. And, you know, again, sex toys are great alone. They're also great with a partner. And so uh, this is, I think sex toys is a good way to do that. And lubricants. This is a good time to experiment with different lubricants, Uh different techniques and things. So there are a lot of good things. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot out there. We're all about the lube. We're all about um, (laughs) discussing a a virginity kit at the moment where it's included with condoms and lubricant. If we had been told about lube, losing our virginity would have been way less painful and complicated and awkward. I get so frustrated when I hear people and people write to me all the time and they say, you know, I don't need. You know, guys will say, oh, I don't need lube. I can really turn my woman on. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and I've even heard some women say the same thing, that Mm -hmm. that they're always really wet. They don't need lubricant. And I always tell them, it's not about how well your vagina can self-lubricate. It's wetter is better. Yes. Wetter is better, yeah. It's better what you're doing. Wetter is better. And if we want to talk about not only pleasure, but for condoms, Condoms are much more effective when used with a water-based lubricant. Put a little squirt on the inside. You know, guys complain, oh, it doesn't feel as good with a condom. Put a little squirt of lubricant on the inside of the condom as well before you put it on. Oh, wow. As well inside. And not only will your condom be more likely to endure, but you're going to enjoy the experience a lot more. That's interesting. So is that why they split is because the sort of the dry rubbing, the friction? Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of times it is, you know, some people's idea of sex is, you know, I'm just going to shove it in, right? You know, this is what, yeah. unfortunately, and this is the this is the worst thing to do, not only for safe sex, but for your partner's pleasure. <laughs> yeah, for your yeah. own pleasure. You can oh, hurt your I, penis. 
<laughs> I'd um, never heard of the um, lube inside the condom thing. Yeah, I, I mean, think my, that could be a game changer. My immediate thought is like, does that make it unsafe? Does that make it able to slip off? No. So what does make it unable to, what, what does make it where it does slip off is that unfortunately most condoms are one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And not all, not all penises are the same. Um, and, no. <laughs> and, and usually when you hear guys and they're like, oh, I need these XX large condoms. The problem is not the length of the condom. Yeah. The, the problem with condoms is the width of the condom. Yeah, the yeah. People say, well, they're uncomfortable. That's because it's cutting off circulation you know and it's it's um there are some great companies out there though that are offering custom condoms and you can get a little kit to measure your penis and order wow custom condoms that's the dream one of the companies that does this and they are fantastic and they help people regardless of their penis size and i've heard so many stories from people either the condoms too tight or or people who Mm. have to like hold the condom on while they're having sex because Mm. it slips off so easily and this really damages a person's self-esteem and their ability to perform well yeah. sexually. So I think it's great to do that. What was that condom brand? One condom. One condom. We're going to have to check them out. That sounds really cool. Fantastic. Fuck two. The first fuck. Ah, it's horrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can say that, you know, and it goes back to what we were talking about, not being aware of your own anatomy Mm -hmm. or your partner's anatomy. And this lack of education of how sex works, you know, a lot of times people are just getting it from pornography. And let's be honest, when you're watching pornography, a lot of the times they're just going right at it. Oh, yeah. It's perfect, right? Yeah. (laughs) There's no like, um, you know making out before there's no really getting turned on everybody's always already turned on and they're ready to go (laughs) and you know they don't really show people using lubricant that's you know one thing um and so i think so many people get their concept of sex by watching these things and being uneducated themselves and listen the education sex education is not only bad at high school level and college level but even as a clinical psychologist, I was only required to take, I think, two human sexuality classes. And I know for people who are OBGYNs or gynecologists, while they may be familiar with anatomy, they don't really have to take much in human sexuality either. Wow. And so it's, it's really a deficit. Wow, that's crazy. There are some great online programs that I can tell you about that are run by some fantastic educators and sex therapists that can really provide you with some great information to, I mean, everything from neurobiology and attachment theory mm-hmm. to Tantra, right? Oh, so wow. a spectrum of things that, that, that there, there is available to learn. And a lot of it you can do now online because of Corona. Amazing. What, what's the name of that company? Just to give them a shout Why not? There's a bunch. IC, which is, and, and a lot of these are located in the U.S. IC is a great one. Um, I-S-E-E. The Bueller Institute, which is in California, they offer a lot one. There's a lot of great resources. If people who are really interested, they can go to asect.org, A-A-S-E-C-T.org, 
and you can find a education provider on there. Wow, thank you. Because we, as much as, you know, we just believe that more people should learn about sex and the more that people learn, the more that people can spread it and the more better information we can have. So if anyone's listening out there who wants to like get their knowledge yeah. up, go and check those sites out. I think Florence yeah. and I will have to get on that ASAP. And we have like questions coming in all the time, like, mm-hmm. oh, we really love what you do. Like, how do I do, how, how do I become like a sex educator? And I think like it's always quite hard to give advice, especially as we've come at it from a a very different side of things, like mm-hmm. the, the complete opposite side of like education and science and therapy and that sort of side thing. We, we're just talking about our own experiences, mm. but like, yeah, it's definitely one of our goals to like become legit. Yeah, well, like actually legit. <laughs> you should because there are there here in Europe, and I tell people in the US. I, you know, I thought when I came to Europe, I thought, oh, they're so much more progressive and, you know, they're so much more advanced than being from the U.S. Mm. And it's really been the opposite to find sex wow. educators in Europe. I think it, there's a very um, there's a there's a vacuum. There's a there's a big hole. And one of the things I eventually would like to do within the next two or three years is to open an institute to do sexuality training and sexual health and wellness. Well, sign us up. Yeah, we'll be there in front of the class. <laughs> the, the stereotype is there. Like It's always like English, English, British people are prudes. And that just goes to show that it's pretty fucking true. Do you, is that the stereotype? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's the stereotype for maybe I just made the stereotype up. But I'm no, pretty it, sure it's I've definitely that. supposed to be like Brits are prudes. Yeah. Brits are like, oh, no, I'm the queen. I don't fuck that kind of thing. <laughs> but actually, like deep down, we're like the kinkiest. And Florence, you made earlier talking about how with masturbation it's such a this is a this is an advert from better help therapy online this is an ad from better help therapy online just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get light matched. Just fill out. <clears throat> Why is this so hard to do? I'm like looking that way. I can't do this. <laughs> Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety <laughs> of expertise. <laughs> with over a thousand... With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Do you need to say that again? This episode is sponsored by Beducated. As you all know, I've been on a little bit of a celibacy journey. Meaning I haven't had sex in over a month. So I've been looking into how I can experience more pleasure with my solo sex. 
And this is where Beducated comes in because they have all the courses that I need to learn how to do like sensual reawakening with my vulva and tantric massage. And also I saw a course on there about learning how to dirty talk. I know this is completely not relevant, but (laughs) I'm really intrigued. No, it's all relevant. Beducated is this really amazing website where you can sign up to do courses and learn about sex, like dirty talking. I've been doing a squirting course. (gasps) Oh, wow. So in all spirit of masturbation may... We're sharing Beducated with you. Yes. I mean, what's not better in masturbation, mate, to actually take the time to focus on yourself and your own pleasure and masturbate. And it's literally good for you. It releases all your happy hormones and reduces stress. There's literally no reason not to masturbate. So Florence, what have you been learning in your course? I've been learning techniques that I have never tried before when it comes to masturbation which areas are more sensitive and which bits turn me on more. The technique thing has been blowing my mind. Like the way that the language is used and, you know, it's it's people just like us teaching. It's not, I don't know, it's not someone sitting there in a lab coat. It's people who have had these experiences. I was learning from Lola Jean. She's like the squirt queen, right? And the way that she talks about even just like, not going straight into G-spot stimulation. She's explaining everything that, you know, if you have an oversensitive G-spot, you might not want to go in with direct penetration. You want to explore and give pleasure to your G-spot externally, you know, not necessarily on the clitoris. I feel like if I keep going and I keep practice with this, I will be able to squirt. And if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can try Beducated with 50% off the yearly pass with our coupon code COMECURIOUS. That's C-O-M-E, curious. Don't say we don't look after you. And of course, you can try all Beducated courses for one day absolutely free and you won't be charged for the first 24 hours. You can cancel any time and they have a 14-day money-back guarantee. So invest in your love life today and join Beducated now from just $8.33 per month. Get access to over 100 courses online from the world's top experts. To get on Beducated now, click the link in the description and remember to use our coupon code COMECURIOUS. That's C-O-M-E, CURIOUS. Invest in your solo pleasure this masturbation may or use it with a partner. You can also get a personalised Beducated gift card for your loved ones. Happy wanking! We wanted to tell you about our Patreon. We just wanted to say that we're independent and this is a really good way for independent podcasts to fund themselves. You can find all the links to the right stuffs in the show notes, in the description, and of course on our social media, on our little link tree. So yeah, check it out and come say hi. The normal natural part. And I often tell people, you know, God gave us two central desires, mm-hmm. sex and food. And you are are wired for these things. I mean, it's just part of our neurological makeup. And, you know, could you imagine living your life with terrible food all the time? It would be the same as living your life with terrible sex all the time. Oh, exactly. There aren't like thousands and thousands of nerve endings in our genitals for no reason, guys. Right. Yeah. Did you know this podcast is powered by ACAST? ACAST is the home of podcasting. For creators looking for freedom to grow their listeners and make money too. 
and creative brands looking for smart ways to advertise. Podcasters and advertisers in the know know Acast. It's time you did too. Visit Acast.com to find out more. Acast. For the stories. Fuck three. The best fuck. Yeah, so that's something I think when anyone has their first really good sexual encounter, this is something they remember. Oh, yeah. And for me, it was based on an experience where my partner, she was telling me, you know, if you could just move up a little bit, move this way a little bit, add a little pressure here. And not only was it much better for her, but it was much better for me. Yes. I think that that emphasizes two things. One, communication is the most important part of good sex. Mm-hmm. You cannot communicate with your partner. You're probably not going to have good sex. Everybody's body is different. So just because you were with one partner and you were, you know, king of the bedroom or queen <laughs> of the bedroom doesn't mean it's going to be the same with your next partner because their body is different. And when you mix your two bodies together, it's a different process depending on who you're with. And you have to be able to communicate and not be offended when you are communicating with your partner. They're not saying it to hurt your feelings. They're saying it to make the experience much better. And the second thing I think that that emphasizes is that great sex really increases our self-esteem and our self-confidence. And that is important, not only for us as individuals, but when we enter into a relationship so that we do not have these uh, feelings of insecurity in our relationships. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so true. Mm. I like I haven't even thought about it like that at all. Like with um in my last relationship, I did not have a good sex and I was not I was not secure in myself. I was really unconfident. And then ever since I started having like good sex with my last partner, it was it, like I think I blossomed and like mm. I sort of became me and like that mm. th- there was I I just had this whole new confidence about myself. So that's just that's just so true. Great sex can be great for like all aspects of your life. Absolutely. I always say better sex equals a better you. <laughs> You're like, yes. I'm Everyone so clapping here, guys. <laughs> oh, oh, we need that like fucking tattooed on our heads. <laughs> yeah. But like the communication thing is just always, I mean, we are banging on about communication all yeah, I think it the fucking boring. time. Like, I'm sure but... <laughs> our listeners are just like, fuck it. Oh, we God. know communicate. <laughs> we know now. Like, but how? <laughs> well, see, that is why. And, and, and so I get that question a lot. People said, how do I communicate with this, with my partner? Because, you know, talking about sex is very uncomfortable for some people. I know it's hard, you know, when y'all talk about sex all the time, you are so used to it. It becomes (laughs) normal, natural part of your life. But for some people talking about sex is very uncomfortable, even when talking with their partner. So I always tell people, you know, you don't sit around the dinner table and like, you know, with charts and, and graphs and be, you know, explaining to your partner like this. You can make it into a fun game in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, bring a blindfold. Yeah. Tie up your partner, blindfold your partner, and start kissing and caressing their bodies. And, you know, you can ask questions like, do you like this? You know, is that good? And just to keep track of the things that they're saying. And that way you can make communicating 
a game. Yeah. Yeah, that's so that's so that's such a good way for people that are like nervous to actually have the conversations. Mm-hmm. And it also might like even bring on the conversations because you can talk about it afterwards because you were communicating during sex you can then sort of maybe feel a bit more comfortable to bring something up afterwards we are all for something that we like to call the sex debrief which is a conversation that happens after sex where you literally talk about all the good things the things that you weren't so sure about the things that you were like oh this was new and exciting I was interviewed for an article about that very thing and I don't remember I'm not going to say the publication because I don't remember which one it was probably (laughs) My website, but that, that's the exact same thing. And I, and I made the point, you know, our friends who are involved in kink and BDSM, they all do aftercare. And a lot of times their aftercare yeah. is, well, how did you feel about that? Did you, and that's part of the aftercare. Did you like that? And I think that having that in whatever type of sexual interest you have discussing with your partner, it lets you know, Hey, this was good. We can use this again. This wasn't so good. What can I do to make that better? Because great sex is not the journey. Great sex is the destination. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is what mm-hmm. we're moving towards, and this is what we're going towards, and it can always be better. And this is the way that we can uh, reach that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the so destination true. doesn't have to be orgasms, right? Absolutely not. It, it can just be like the the process. The destination is the, the process of trying to get some pleasure. Sure. I, I, do, I do think a lot of times when people put so much emphasis on orgasm, it actually is very negative to their sexual oh, experience. Yeah. yeah. All they're thinking of, you know, is I got to come, I got to come, I got to come. For guys, this leads to um, inability to orgasm during sex, delayed ejaculation. For females, you know, there's this, there's this orgasm inequality between males and females anyways. Mm-hmm. And so when all your pressure is, I mean, think about this, and maybe you've been in the experience, you're, you're with your partner and they are penetrating you and the guy's like are you going to come are you going to come and you're like most females don't orgasm during intercourse anyways yeah. right yeah and when they're saying are you ready are you going to and you're thinking no just get done with it by now right <laughs> and the damage of this is who wants to keep participating in something when this is the negative experience that they have yeah so I people it's in your partner will want to have more sex if they're enjoying it Fuck number four. The worst fuck. So, you know, a lot of teenagers are fearful of one thing when it comes to sex, and that's being caught. So my mother walks into the room. Oh. And she walks right back out immediately, okay? And then, and your heart is pounding. You know, you're sitting there going, oh, right? Like, you don't know what to do. But then she turns and walks right back into the room (gasps) and sits down on the bed (gasps) and has a discussion about, you know, I want you to know that what you are doing is okay. It's perfectly natural and normal part. You know, you're not in trouble, right? Oh, shit. Now, I never heard from the girl again, right? But, (laughs) But the important thing is... You know, I, the important thing is, is that this is the, this is the message that I think parents need to give to their children. It's a sex positive message mm-hmm. because sex mm-hmm. is very normal and natural. It is something that they are going to participate in. And so by giving them this comfortable environment where they know it's okay to talk about sex yeah. with your parents, yeah. it creates a, 
a, an environment where when your child, you know, I, I'm sure some listeners have children or children on the way or they're planning for children. If they can create this environment for their child, they don't have to worry about having their child enter into as much risky behavior because they know if their child is going to do these things, they're going to have this talk of, you know, mom, I'd, I'd like contraception. I'd like to be on yes. birth control. Yeah. You know, And these are important conversations that you need to have with your children. And it shouldn't be awkward. It should be very welcoming, natural, and normal. Yeah, but, uh, honestly, can we just rewind, though? Because... <laughs> Your mum came in and sat next to you on the bed whilst you were still having sex. I was going to say, like, I was expecting it to turn into a horror story and it didn't. Uh, at, at that point, after she walked in the first time, obviously all behavior stopped at yeah. that point. Sitting there, you know, with blankets up going, what just happened, right? Uh, okay. But so, yeah. So when she came back in, we were just sitting there like still kind of like looking at each other going, what just happened? What are we going to do? And, you know, obviously, the first time you're going to have the conversation with sex about sex, it's not going to necessarily be the most comfortable situation for the for yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, not just who's talking to you. But again, people have trouble talking about sex with their partners, even after they're married. Yeah. Yeah. And, And I think this stems from this fear of ever discussing it. You know, sex isn't something that you talk about. Mm -hmm. It's not. And sex is not a dirty word. I think every listener needs to know sex is not a dirty word and it needs oh, to be cool. something that is discussed openly and freely and comfortable. Yeah, it probably does stem from like our conversations with our parents because parents are so awkward. I mean, about we, can't, <laughs> we can't say shit. We haven't had kids yet. We might be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm a parent, I'll be really cool and I'll do it this you way. Know, we have kids and we're like, ah, oh, shit. You know, we're actually going to be cool though. Like, we are not, like, we have this uh, podcast. How would we have kids and not be cool with talking I to them so. about it? Unless you banned them from listening to the podcast, yeah. you know. <laughs> or, yeah, just be like, listen, listen to mummy when she was 30 years old. <laughs> um, I really rate your mum for doing that because it's, yes, it's awkward at that time, but it's also hopefully sort of made from the very get-go of when you are having sex, just made it okay and very normalised mm. and just like, you know what, if my mum can sit at the edge of my bed while I'm in bed with another girl, um, at, while I'm in bed with somebody and just with say how, girl. how, with not another is. girl, with a girl, <laughs> <laughs> with a girl. Um, and just tell, like, just calmly and collectively say what you're doing is okay. Then fuck me. That, like, if we had that from our parents, yes, it would be a hilarious story, but also it would really have set a lot of people up for yeah. better, better, greater sex. Do you think that that is the reason you became a sex therapist? Um, my mother is actually one of the reasons I became a sex therapist. Amazing. Um, she is. Not necessarily that experience, um, but even when I was doing my master's degree and I was considering doing mm. sex therapy, my family was very supportive. Oh, and, wow. you know, I get questions all the time and people go, uh, you know, what do your parents think about what you do? And I always say, you know, as long as I'm happy and not asking them for money... <laughs> doesn't matter you know they're they're very supportive and and they have been very supportive and to go to your point about you know parents talking to their kids um I, I deal with people all the time and you know sometimes if you're out in public and and your listeners can try this with one of their friends when they go out to eat and you ask one of your friends you say to talk about something about sex and a lot of times you'll find that when people use the word sex they kind of whisper yeah. it. they don't say the word sex out loud right 
And I think this stems back to this idea that sex has to be something shameful mm. or private or something you just don't talk about. And my, fortunately, my family offered an environment where me and my siblings could openly and freely discuss things mm. about sex. That's so I good. Remember, I remember after my sister got married and I was coming down the steps and my mom was laughing hysterically. I'm probably going to get in trouble for telling this story. <laughs> mom was laughing hysterically in the kitchen and I came in and she said she was laughing at my then brother-in-law and she said Christopher how many holes does a female have and after I answered the question she says to my she she starts laughing again hysterically she goes he thought she only had two (laughs) And and this goes back to the fact of you're not educated, yeah, right? Because you don't have these discussions. Mm. Fuck number five. The fuck that made me. I, I know it's hard to tell because of my thick German accent, <laughs> but I'm originally from the U.S. and from the South, and I remember when I was first in Tennessee because I, I played music to get through college. You know, Amazing. playing music was the best thing to do, and um, I was very involved in like songwriting and different things. And there was, and it was kind of around the time when I was starting to learn about sex, like at a level that you know I think is now it's kind of elementary that I think everybody should know about sex. But there was a um, a female who is in, she's still involved in the music industry and I'm not going to name her name because she's kind of more well-known now, <laughs> but at the time it wasn't that much. And applying some of these things that we've talked about in this show and her reaction of saying, I've never really enjoyed sex before. Oh, maybe. And this stuck with me because I know I've heard so many people come to therapy who have said, I've never enjoyed sex. Oh, wow. I've never had a good, I do it out of a duty to my partner or I do it because my partner enjoys it, but I've never really had good sex. Oh my God. My heart just died. Like a piece of it broke off into a thousand pieces. Yeah. This is, this is, it's a sad story. And I, and listen, I'm sure that there are people who are listening who can experience it. They might say, oh, sex is okay. Mm. Or, or, you know, I've never really, I know I'm supposed to enjoy it. And, and because the one thing people do know about sex is it's supposed to feel good, right? Yeah. That's the one thing they know is it's supposed to feel good. So when you do it and it doesn't, you're stuck with these thoughts of, well, what's wrong with me? You know, so, something's wrong with me. I should be enjoying this and I don't. And so they don't want to participate in sex or they're fearful of sex. And all this does is continue to cause intimacy issues in their life, not only with their own sexuality and how they feel about themselves, but how they mm. feel about intimacy. With their partner. Mm. So it's almost like you need someone like a partner to unlock part of you by sort of saying, look, if we, if we communicate, if we like talk about like what's pleasurable, what's not um, use lube, use the right size condoms, like all of that. It's almost that like you need someone in our life to unlock that for you. And I think that like, I mean, I guess you can you can definitely unlock it yourself, but it's a harder path to go on because you might not even know there's an issue in the first place until you meet that person. And I feel like like after my last breakup, I definitely had someone that was like very like forthcoming with like communication and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, wow, this is what sex can be like. 
Yeah. Well, I think I think the first step though is masturbating. <laughs> I, I really do. I really think the first step is masturbating and beginning to know yourself. Mm. And you you are right. It takes two people to have a conversation. And, you know, we see this a lot of times where one couple wants to discuss things and the other couple doesn't want to discuss certain things. Mm-hmm. Nothing's wrong. You know, this denial that, you know, something is wrong mm-hmm. or we discuss yeah. this. So I do believe, I do believe that, that you're right, that it does take having a partner who is willing to discuss these things. And, you know, if you can't talk about sex, and I often tell people, if you can't laugh about sex, you shouldn't be doing it anyways, because, yes. you know, sometimes when you're practicing these things or doing these things in the bedroom, they don't necessarily go as you plan yeah. or as you, and it's okay to laugh about yeah. it. I love funny moments during sex. Yeah. Like the when, someone, when someone farts, when they come and it's just like, that was <laughs> yeah. the funniest thing ever. And let's just lie <laughs> hearing giggles together. <laughs> and, you know, by laughing, you take the pressure away. Yeah. And so you don't have to pressure and anxiety so it's much more of an enjoyable experience yeah yeah 100 percent. for fuck's sake this week's sex question is said by reed which is a rarity Woo! so weird <laughs> so weird hi i'm fairly new to sex and trying stuff out the guy i'm with is into anal and i want to try it but i'm a little scared how do I prepare for anal and will it hurt more than vaginal sex for the first time? Thanks. You definitely need to prepare for anal, I think. Like you can't just like go straight in. You need to at least think about using lube. <laughs> at the very least. At the very least. <laughs> I would I would say that lubricant is essential yeah. for anal sex. Because unlike the vagina, the anus is not self-lubricating. And so not only will not using lubricant making painful, but you can also cause damage. I mean, you can you can you can seriously cause some serious damage if you do not use a lubricant. Yeah, sometimes when I have a big shit, I cause damage to my anus. Like, what's a penis gonna do? It, it, it <gasps> especially when they're just shoving it in, and that's that would be my second point. Is a lot of times when they think anal sex, they think they're going to approach the anus the same way they approach the vagina. Oh, no, oh, God, no. <laughs> Again, if you do not want to call any lesions or tears, this is not the proper way to do this. And so I encourage couples all of the time when they are approaching anal sex to really take their time. And, you know, whether it is massaging or touching the anus to allow it to begin to relax. Uh, Some people like rimming. I know y'all did a video on that not too long ago, right? Uh, Do you even rim? Some people, uh, you know, enjoy this or, you know, if they want to use lubricant and just kind of like massage the outside of the anus, there are a lot of uh, nerve endings on the outside of the anus. So this is a good way to get the partner to kind of start to relax and take your time with it, especially the first time. Right. And then when you are finally beginning to penetrate, Mm. penetrate very slowly and ask your partner, check in with your partner, you know, does this feel okay? Or, and if, and if your partner isn't checking in with you, don't think you just have to take it. Yes. You can say, stop, or let's go slower, or back up for a minute, or I need a moment. Yeah. And I would definitely recommend lubricant, going very slow and taking the time to really um, turn your partner on and to relax the anus. 
And then the third thing I would always say is breathing is very important. Mm, and that does Yeah, breathing. Um, I mean, if you want to do a little extracurricular homework, then you can always play with your own anus and use toys on your own anus. But do be aware that it might be completely different when you're with a partner. Yeah, um, I would say like experiment with like butt plugs first, maybe. Yeah, my ex, he was really obsessed with anal. So what we would do is we would have vaginal penetrative sex while using a toy in my ass to kind of like get the motions going and flowing and to see if I liked it I mean at the time I I wasn't a big fan but it it helped me through a lot of anal situations that's for sure Mm. but the like the worst thing about the worst anal that can ever happen is accidental accidental or forced entry no 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 it's like someone punching your bum hole with like I don't know (laughs) a fist of nails oh my god like ripping it apart (sighs) it is pain so yeah lube and relaxation and breathing is absolutely essential and let me say something that about the sex toys because i do think those are important and just a couple things mm-hmm. one make sure your sex toy has a flared base yeah a lot of yeah. people are worried about if they engage in anal sex they're going to lose control of their anus you will not but if you do get something stuck in there and have to make a trip to the emergency room this is often when you start to have problems with self-control in that area So I would caution them, make sure it has a flared base. The other thing is um, to always be careful of, you can go from vagina to anus, but never go from anus to vagina because this can cause bacteria infection. And likewise, you don't want to share your anal toys with someone else unless you are able to boil them. And you can only do that with certain types of toys because it can Mm. throw the pH balance in someone. Mm, I've heard so many many stories of my friends losing anal toys because when you get excited your vagina and your anus sucks it just like sucks it in wait you've had friends that have just like lost toys up inside them yeah and then they're they're sitting on the toilet trying to poo them out and they can't you cannot and see the the vagina is like a cul-de-sac whereas the anus (laughs) and so while something gets lost in the vagina you can kind of get it out yeah you will have to have professional help yeah, so for a flared base or something long enough that you can hold the end. A whole time. Or a dick. Or a dick that's attached to someone. Yeah, that, you've already got the flared base. The flared base is the human. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. So this week's sex story is, long story short, I'm a sexual trauma survivor and I also have vaginismus. Sex has always been super painful for me, or at the very least, majorly uncomfortable. Just before quarantine, I started into a relationship with someone I'm genuinely attracted to. This is rare for me because of my trauma. My attraction rate to people is super low. Over the weekend, we finally met up after months of not seeing each other, and the sexual tension was high. We went on a kayaking adventure, and as we were halfway down the river, we just both couldn't take it anymore. We pulled up our boats on up on the bank and went into someone's yard oh! and ended up having sex behind a bush. <gasps> it was the first time ever that I've had pain-free sex and it was like something out of a romance novel. Needless to say, I'm super happy that I found someone who treats me well and that I'm attracted to. I knew the story was a little scandalous and I've been d- dying to share it with someone. I didn't know who, but then I thought, oh, perfect. Florence and Reed. 
<laughs> love you guys both so much and I truly think you guys have helped me become more confident over my sexual health and have played a role in me beginning my journey to pain-free and enjoyable sex thank you oh my god I'm like oh, well, so sweet. that is like the best most loveliest story and it's like showing people who do suffer from sexual trauma or vaginismus that you can have great pleasurable sex it can happen you just need yeah. to find the right person oh that's so exciting beautiful so beautiful there's not even that much to say to it I'm just like no, it's so good well thanks well, for sharing congratulations that story. yeah congratulations yeah. on like the first pain-free sex I am so happy for you mm. and I hope you continue to have many many more experiences yes yes um do love a bit of kayaking as well. I want to do that someday. I want to do that exact story. And, and I think romance is an essential part to good sex. Mm-hmm. Yes. People who, even people who are into like really kinky and really dominant sex, that's what's in the bedroom. What goes on before the bedroom is just as important as what takes place in the bedroom. I need to remember this. 100%. Yeah. Because, at the, at, you know, I always think that I don't want romance. <laughs> I Everyone just, needs romance. I just want the hard fucking. I want someone to try and bust open my cervix, you know? But that is not really what I want. That's what my brain wants, the fantasy. I'm such a romantic. Right. I turn every situation into a romantic situation. That's lovely. <laughs> I, I am completely analytical. I'm probably... You know, it's probably the worst way to be insects. <laughs> I kind of probably overly do the communication and the other aspect of like, you know, how is this? Would left feel better? You know, right? no, <laughs> yeah. no, not that romantic at all. Uh, the worst. So you need, need a little bit more free. spice. Yeah. yeah, we need to make exactly to create the Aww. best fucking scenario. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it is time for us to fuck off. Yeah, Christopher, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for divulging all and giving us your wisdom and knowledge. And where can our curious fuckers find you? So they can go to our website. It is sextherapypodcast.com. And they, we always have a sex toy giveaway. So if they go to the website, they can register for the sex toy giveaway. They can follow us on Instagram, which we're going to start really using in the next month or so which is sex therapy pod short for podcast and of course they can find sex therapy on whatever platform they happen to listen to podcast amazing and that's definitely like full of loads of useful information i mean getting like a podcast from a sex therapist is probably just like the most interesting podcast ever in my opinion yes and if you guys have a sex story or sex question please email us in at fksgiven at gmail.com and also we would love it if you could head if you put in the subject header if it's a sex story or a sex question that would help us out massively that would be amazing like okay. totally amazing okay. and if you guys enjoyed this podcast please give it a rating a review and make sure you're subscribed because then you'll get a notification every single week and you'll never miss an episode. And also you can follow us on our social medias at ComeCurious, C-O-M-E, and at Florence Bark and Read Amber X. Yeah, baby. We'll see you or hear you or maybe... You will hear us. Yeah, yeah you'll hear us for sure. Next Why time? do we never get that right? We're like, ha- we we should have actually figured out how to sign off an episode by, right by now. I like, know. And also we wanted to say a huge, huge thank you it's not really a thank you but it's a it's a wow we won an award for fucks given we won the bronze award at the british podcast awards last week which is madness pretty cool and we wouldn't be 
here without you guys, without you curious fuckers. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for being here and listening and supporting us through this journey of sexual positivity and openness. You are now listening to an award-winning podcast. Mm, I felt my nipples go hard when I said that. (laughs) You lucky fuckers. (laughs) We will see you next week. Oh my God. We all hear us next week. For God's sake, Reed. For God's sake. (laughs) For God's sake, Reed. Okay, bye. Did you know this podcast is powered by Acast? Acast is the home of podcasting. For creators looking for freedom to grow their listeners and make money too. And creative brands looking for smart ways to advertise. Podcasters and advertisers in the know know Acast. It's time you did too. Visit Acast.com to find out more. Acast. For the stories.